Welcome to Into the Well. I'm your host, Ryan Wilms. I started this show as a place to share my experiences and my journey towards living authentically and mindfully, and also to learn from those who are truly walking the path, healing themselves and inspiring others. By balancing the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual, we can learn to live in harmony with ourselves and our environment. We'll be exploring different tools and modalities used to create sustainable well-being for a fulfilling life. So thank you for joining me. Welcome to Into the Well. I'm your host, Ryan Wilms. I started this show as a place to share my experiences and my journey towards living authentically and mindfully, and also to learn from those who are truly walking the path, healing themselves and inspiring others. By balancing the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual, we can learn to live in harmony with ourselves and our environment. We'll be exploring different tools and modalities used to create sustainable well-being for a fulfilling life. So thank you for joining me. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a couple of weeks since the last episode in the series with Allbirds finished up, which I hope everyone enjoyed. And I just wanted to release this last episode of the year, which makes it number 40 on the year. Felt like a nice round number. And then I'm going to be taking a couple weeks off, although I do already have a couple of pretty interesting episodes in the bank around to follow up with Cordell Jacks diving into dream work. Um, cyclist and fashion industry veteran Leon Cerrone, um, and then also spoke with James Sebastian, who is the key figure and sort of co-director of the film Chasing the Present. So definitely lots of exciting and interesting stuff to come for the new year, but after this episode, we'll be taking a couple of weeks off. Um, you know, Into the Well has been an incredible journey so far, and it's been a lot a lot to manage on my own alongside life and work and all sorts of stuff this year. And um, just want to take a moment to sort of reevaluate and make sure my priorities are straight and where I might be able to reach out and ask for help um, in different areas of the brand and business moving forward. And I'll be excited to dig into that a little bit more and um, hopefully create something even stronger and better and and more interesting and rewarding and insightful going into the new year. So keep, keep posted for that. I'll definitely still be posting content on the website and on the Instagram and, and so on. So stay in touch. There's plenty of episodes to listen to if you haven't listened to them already. Um, and yeah, just wanted to sort of recap on just the last couple of months and in, in my own life. It's uh, It's been a crazy few months. Um, I actually got engaged in the middle of October, which was um, a huge moment for myself. Um, I knew I wanted to ask Natalie to marry me for some time, but whenever my heart shows me what my truth is what what the truth is for me then I, when i can really tap into that compass of my heart and get those moments of clarity it can be quite scary and i've noticed the ego finds all sorts of ways to distract me and hold me back from stepping into that sort of ultimate alignment with my deeper truer higher self so um it took a few months from being very clear on, okay, I need to do this to actually getting it done. And um, the moment it happened, it was just really beautiful. And I feel like my 
vibration overall has just been completely raised by that you know obviously the sharing of of love and and partnership and that sort of commitment is is special in its own and i'm excited about um you know being with natalie and having this partner in my life being able to support and uplift one another challenge each other um it's just been such a rich experience but beyond that there was just for my own self something i didn't anticipate as much was that such a big step into vulnerability into commitment into really being in alignment with my own heart caused quite a shift in just my own you know way that i see the world through my eyes the vibration that i've been working at and um it hasn't gone down i don't think for the most part so you know i just uh it's been a really cool process and and similarly i've been working on this other proposal work wise and i've been just not sharing it with anybody, keeping it in my mind for so long. And finally, I made a point of of finally presenting it and sharing it. And it doesn't look like it's going anywhere, but uh, it was almost a bigger obstacle for me to put it out into the world and share sort of this vision that I had. And And that alone was just another huge step of me recognizing, you know, this is something that I need to do. And this is something I need to share and stepping out of my fear into my heart and putting that into the world. And while great success hasn't flooded in immediately from it, I've definitely felt better within myself, felt more confident, wasn't destroyed, made fun of, laughed at, or told it was stupid, which is not something I consciously thought of. But subconsciously, you know, with all these things, there's usually something there where if we share our love, if we open our hearts, if we are vulnerable with our ideas, the fear is that they'll be rejected, meaning we'll be rejected. We won't be liked. We won't be loved. We won't be accepted. And, you know, that's essentially one of the deepest core fears of any human being walking around. So it makes sense why these things are scary. But the more often we can step into them, share these things, whatever it is, and realize that it's safe and it's okay and more likely people are going to connect more deeply to us the more authentic we are the more vulnerable we are so you know a big part of life and this journey and this practice is just continually doing that be it getting in a cold shower going for a long run telling someone you love them whatever it is follow your heart that's something i've really been sort of thinking about a lot these days is you know what is this heart connection when i left my job in new york a few years ago i just was so disconnected from my heart and my body and nature you know if you're not connected from your heart which is only you know 12 or 16 inches away from your mind it's pretty tough to be deeply connected to anything beyond that so a lot of the work I've been doing has really just been focused on opening my heart, reconnecting with it. And it's just been an, a really beautiful journey through all the different modalities and ways that it's happened, the ways it's been challenged, you know, alongside just creating a, a mindfulness practice that allows me to see and be mindful of these challenges, how they relate to my heart, and at the same time getting more connected with my body so I can see and feel these signs as they come up. Um, it's, it's really beautiful. You know, my, my mentor, Paul check, he, he refers to our bodies as our chief instrument. And I just absolutely 
believe in that sort of concept and metaphor of these these unbelievably magical instruments that we all have with just unlimited potential. But the more we take care of them, tune them up, clean them out, you know, the better they're going to work, the more we're going to be able to get out of them and for a longer time. So, you know, if anything, that can be some inspiration to, you know, have a good diet and move your body and get quiet. Um, any of these practices, just fine tuning that, that chief instrument provides so much richness and so much more potential to access our own potential. And so the heart is really at the center of that. And the more I've sort of tapped into this, the more I realize that that's sort of where my spirit lives, the spirit of myself as this experience of Ryan Wilms. Um, I guess to quickly sort of look at the hierarchy that I have envisioned to make sense to me is that we have this soul that is eternal, that has multiple lives um, and lives forever. And that's sort of our deepest piece of us that's the piece of us that is absolutely connected to everything it's this universal consciousness um what i would refer to as god or the universe our soul is the piece of that within our own selves then our spirit is sort of our more more sort of a combination of dna and things that come through our parents and then all of that sort of stuff that's mixed up, you know, our genes a little bit. Um, so you combine our soul with our genes and our DNA and our parents. And then we have this unique experience. So for me, I sort of refer to that as Ryan Wilms. And so, you know, that is like the spirit of this particular human experience of the eternal self that exists beyond this lifetime but that sort of essence of spirit i find lives in my heart and that's the sort of thing that i refer to when i'm talking about measuring what am i my my highest self or my truest self you know because that's particular not to my eternal soul but to this you know rendition of the human experience so you know my my higher self you know, wants to be a light, wants to be inspiring, to share and lead and um, help others and is creative and, you know, has more of these sort of tastes of Ryan Wilms um, imbued with these sort of universal ideas of good, um, you know, but it's more of this sort of lifelong core personality that is the spirit. And to me, that lives in my heart. So, if I'm measuring decisions about jobs to take or partners to be with, or if I need to reach out and call somebody, or if I don't, or if I need to forgive someone or, you know, down to could be what to eat for dinner. Like essentially I can measure that against my heart and get really quiet, get in touch with my body, get out of my mind. And then just, you know, ask that part of myself, you know, what is right? Yes or no. And, I think we can we can develop these these practices in all sorts of different ways. You know, there's muscle testing and things like that, which is a great way to start out. And and then it develops, you know, some people see visuals, some people see words, some people will get these answers, you know, in different ways. And meditation is a great way to sort of practice this because you need to have some level of stillness and quietness 
be able to receive these messages because they're generally quite subtle. For me, it uh, seems to have morphed into this um, experience of when I can get quiet and pose this intention and questioning to my to my spirit and my heart that it shows me uh, answers in like a neon light and in darkness, which has been kind of interesting. And it's a lot easier to start with sort of yes or no questions as well. It's not like, what should I, you know, write in this paragraph and get a paragraph answer back? It's not usually the case, at least for myself. But I know some people can certainly channel, um, you know, these things from within that they didn't even think about or know about. Like if you have listened to my episode with Sarah Blondin, she talks about that's how how her meditations and writings sort of come to her. She just gets quiet and they just come out. And it's, you know, this beautiful poetic piece that's quite long that just comes from within. So, you know, there's all sorts of treasures inside of ourselves that we sort of are just out of touch with. And so it's by these you know, practices of meditating and moving our body and eating well and getting quiet that we can start to uncover all of these treasures big and small and you know even if we get those messages loud and clear it's it's very easy for our minds to think our ways around them and um, rationalize why we need to do something else Um, but you know listening to that voice is just almost never going to be rewarding and fulfilling it might lead us to some version of success or profitability or you know there's obviously a time and a place for to listen to our minds and follow that. But in terms of if you're questioning what's going to sort of fill up my heart, what's going to make me feel love, what's going to make me feel fulfilled, the mind is not usually the leader to be following on that journey. So that said, what else has been going on? Um, this last couple of weeks, um, and this ties back into the heart, um, So about six weeks ago, I bought myself a road bike, which I have never owned myself. And um, I decided that I'm going to start training for a half Ironman triathlon race next year, which I'm super excited about because I kind of realized that the last couple of years coming off this ACL injury, I've, I've been pretty healthy, but I'm not actually fit. You know, I haven't had any sort of purpose. I haven't been on any sort of mission. There's nothing that I'm training for. I'm recovering my knee and just trying to, you know, look good and feel good and in my body and and manage myself on that sort of day-to-day basis. But there hasn't been any sort of thing to work towards. And I'm getting more and more clear that there is a serious correlation to fulfillment and purpose. And you know, having goals and dreams is just such an important thing to be able to have sort of a North Star to measure your choices by on the micro level. Um, whether or not, you know, the pandemic allows for a, a race like that to happen, I'm totally okay with that. Something I've learned recently is this idea of engaged indifference, where you fully commit to what you're doing in the moment and just go all in, give it all your heart and everything you've got and don't get attached to what the results are. And that's a lot easier said than done, but it's definitely a concept I'm trying to embrace each day and, and trying to practice. So that's part of the my approach to this Ironman race. I don't want it to be like put all of my like bodily ability and mind into, you know, 
getting fit for this race and then just not doing anything after that. Uh, a big part of it is like creating, using this, this race and this time and, you know, these multiple disciplines of swimming and running and cycling to build new systems, to reshape my own self-identity, to change some of the beliefs of who I am, and what I'm capable of. And that's really the idea behind this, uh, this race and, and, you know, also bringing in beginner's mind. I've never rode a road bike before. I've, uh, pretty much like I can swim like a normal person, but I can't swim like a swimmer. So really having to learn swimming, starting to learn cycling and now coming off my ACL in a sense, I'm kind of learning how to run again as well. So I feel like starting at square one, starting from scratch and it's, uh, already been challenging. I've kind of started this training and just dove into a lot of reading and listening and learning about different approaches, different training techniques. And there's been a few that have really sort of stuck out with me that I've dove into. And and meanwhile, just trying to um, not hold myself to any sort of crazy training plan yet. That'll probably start in the sort of early springtime. But just trying to get out on the bike as much as I can, get out and run as much as I can. Um, unfortunately, the uh, a lot of the pools around Los Angeles are closed. So I am trying to find my way to a regular swimming opportunity. And yes, I know the ocean is in Los Angeles, but I'm on the east side. So it's a bit of a drive and it's a bit cold and I don't have a wetsuit yet. So a pool would be preferable. So some of the things I'm super excited about on that front is, um, and I should also say my plan is to create quite a pretty comprehensive and dynamic content series around this journey to 70.3, um, next fall when I plan on doing the race. So I'm, I'm super excited about that because I think there's just so much that can come from a journey like this, from nutrition and training to mindfulness, to being heart centered, to, um, you know, so much to learn from so many people. So I'm going to be doing a pretty, pretty awesome series that's going to include podcasts, Instagram TV, some video, some photo stuff, um, going to be reviewing all the gear and um, gadgets and quantification techniques and things like that that I use as well. But um, in my early on research and journeys, I came across a Dr. Dan Plews who has been one of the most sort of inspiring individuals in this, in this space. He's a, he's done a full Ironman in eight hours, 24 with the age group champion and record holder. And he's also a doctor and he's been working in sports and endurance and in the science side of things and, and coaching um, Olympic teams and, and just uh, quite an interesting variety of, of areas. And, he's got a platform called Endure IQ and I haven't even reached out to him yet, but I definitely plan on it, but he's got low carb diet training for endurance. He's got how that sort of plans out. So it's really like a high fat, high uh, protein, low carb, um, turning your body into a sort of fat burning machine, which allows you to do endurance races a lot easier, better, more stably. And then he's also got actual training plans as well through this platform. 
So I'm pretty excited to dive into those. So far, I've just read some of his articles and listened to him on a bunch of podcasts and reviewed the website. And so I'm, I'm going to probably get into at least the first two programs that he's got on that. Um, before he launched that, a big thing that he was into was heart rate training and heart rate variability. And sort of the more publicly known godfather of that process is Phil Maffetone. And he's got the math method. And I first learned about him through Christopher McDougall's book, um, Natural Born Heroes. And that was super interesting. And I remember listening to that and being like, oh, that sounds crazy and interesting. It's it's a crazy idea, but also totally makes sense. And um, you know, I also finished reading Rich Roll's book recently, and he talks about using this method. So it kept coming up for me. So I dove back into that and, and really looking at the math method, which has tons of great info on the website, and downloaded the free book that sort of outlines a lot of the ideas around that concept from his website, which you can get for free. Um, so the heart rate training is essentially you can... You can do it more scientifically, but there's a fairly simple way to figure out what your heart rate threshold would be for sort of zone two exercise. And zone two is, for me, um, it's about 130 to 140 beats per minute. And in that area, it's all sort of aerobic work. So by keeping my heart rate in that area with all the exercise that I'm doing, it allows my body to build this aerobic engine and um, you don't stress out your system by keeping it in there. So recovery is a lot easier, which means you can train more and longer in terms of actual like longevity. You know, you should be able to train at that sort of threshold for decades. You know, the rest of your body, you know, if you also eat well and, and whatnot. So that's been really interesting. Um, to dive into that and then sort of Dan Plews has really evolved the math method into something more comprehensive bringing in a lot more diet a lot more specifics but um, there's some other people in this space too that are contributing and sharing a lot of super interesting information so it's been really exciting to dig into and I've started to make small adjustments to my diet so far um, I've started just doing loose training like i said that's not super structured but because i'm really starting from scratch which is really hard to be honest um i'm just starting with all this threshold training and so anytime i'm going out riding my bike or running i'm keeping my heart rate down i'm using the garmin forerunner um watch and the garmin the latest um heart rate strap that they've got at this moment and i don't have a bike computer yet so I'm just making do with those two pieces, but the feedback is accurate and good. And um, I'm liking those, those pieces of, of hardware to quantify this stuff. But what, what I find interesting is I was talking before about trusting our hearts in these more emotional and um, philosophic areas. But now going into this training, what I'm having to do is trust my heart as, as well. So it's a very interesting sort of quantifiable practice by keeping your heart rate down, trusting the process, because most of this running and training I've done, it's just, I'm going to go run 10K. I'm going to just run it as fast as I can hold a pace for that amount of time or for whatever I feel on that day, if I want to take it easier or go faster. But 
now, from what I know, I realized I was totally stressing on my body, um, not actually running very fast or getting any faster and just putting myself at such a higher risk for injury. And so it's been enlightening to see the benefits of this HRV training in only five weeks. My pace has already gotten quicker. And that's the idea. Um, you keep your heart at this pace and over three months, six months, 12 months, you are just able to run faster and longer, but your heart rate stays at this lower threshold. Um, and then if you combine that with sort of nutrition and are able to burn the fat in your body and only use carbs sort of at the end of the, the races or their long uh, runs, then then that's the recipe for success and sustainability and recovering. And so it's going to be super interesting to really put all this stuff to the test and practice it. Um, I've been doing it for about five weeks now and have seen some benefits, but like I was saying, some of the challenges with the running and cycling is, you know, if there's a slight uphill, my heart rate is going over 140 pretty quickly. So I've had to walk up some hills that hardly qualify as hills and you know you do that and some 60 year old guy runs by you and it's like the urge of the ego is to you know step on the gas and and not let people pass you and keep going but you know using this training and being committed to it on one hand gives me almost like an excuse not to so it's like well i just gotta like follow the follow the numbers here but i'm not actually just following the numbers of my watch i'm following what my heart is telling me so that's something I, I'm excited to make that connection to this quantifiable way of following my heart and trusting my heart and see how that in turn sort of gives back to me being able to trust my heart in my own life and my spiritual practice and my relationships. And that's something I really want to dig into when I get into the content series as well is, is that connection and how a sort of mindful, holistic, heart-centered approach to endurance training or racing can be so fruitful and um, interesting and rich over the months to come and hopefully years to follow that. Another interesting piece that I've sort of uncovered, which I got about 15 signs from the universe in the last few couple months, is the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, I'm sure it's one that a lot of you have heard of or listened to perhaps or read, but I finally decided to give it a listen. And um, I just thought it was so, so interesting and um, so much valuable info. And it's a short audiobook. It's a short book in general, but there's just a lot of great pieces of wisdom and a ton of practical stuff. He talks about, you know, obviously habits and how there's different habits. There's result-based habits. There's um, like daily habits and there's identity-based habits and all of these contribute to this idea of our self-identity and so I've come to realize that I start to look into all of these pieces and specifically sort of applying it to the idea of this mindful half Ironman triathlon and how that can sort of play out and you know realizing I've become attached to subconsciously attached to different things be it my body and or success or who you know what I even think I'm capable of and by doing that and then having these sort of unconscious beliefs I have all these sort of habits that then support that you know be it 
eating too much dinner or having dessert when I don't need it or staying up late or over-exercising because I didn't exercise the day before and then being wiped out and, you know, mostly unhealthy things that are sort of sabotaging my real growth and potential. So now what I want to do with this process, and I believe you can do this with anything. It could be a creative project. It could be just a time period or it could be building something. It could be creating anything really. And, but I'm going to use this half Ironman as my sort of guiding marker um, to sort of reshape my own self-identity and consciously choose what I want to be, the man I want to be. And by doing that and having this sort of new idea of self-identity or an evolved idea, I would say, is by making that conscious, now I can create the habits that support that. And I can build those into my life. Um, And I'm doing a lot of those things, but they're not necessarily tied to anything. It's like, you know, I've finally gotten into the habit of meditating every day, once or twice a day. And by having this sort of bigger goal or this bigger piece of like, well, you know, the version of Ryan that is going to do a half Ironman in five hours and 30 minutes and, you know, be the man that I want to be is going to meditate every day. So then I've got to meditate every day or read two books a month or whatever those like habits are, you know, um, keeping a journal of my, of my diet and nutrition and how I feel and the training and, um, I sleep and all of those types of things, you know, those are habits that I really believe in and they support this dream of who I want to be. And it's only by doing those things is that we become that, that version of ourselves that we believe we can be. And by doing it consciously, it just makes it so much more powerful. Not easier, but definitely more powerful. So I've already started chipping away at this, fleshing it out. You know, it's important to get clear with ourselves on like, you know, it doesn't need to be everything in life. It doesn't need to do it, do everything at once for everyone. But we can sort of break off pieces and you can use movement as an idea or you can use mindfulness as an idea. You can use pieces from those for the other ones and that's kind of how i'm trying to approach it i'm trying to do it in the most holistic way possible and i do plan on sharing a lot of this like i said in this kind of journey that will be coming out in uh in the new year but it should be uh it should be great i'm super excited about it i feel energized by it um i feel myself responding after five weeks of doing this sort of loose training um I really need at least probably three or four months of just building up some volume at these low heart rate thresholds before I ever think about doing anything high intensity. Um, As I said, I'm sort of starting from scratch. So I got to build a whole new aerobic system. And I kind of realized when I got into running about six, seven years ago, I did this by accident. I never tracked any of this stuff before. I didn't even... I don't even, I had a running watch, but I don't know why other than the finish time of whatever distance I was running, there was no other use that I ever gave to it. But I realized that I got, I started slow and just built it up and built it up and built it up. And then all of a sudden I was just able to go fast and run further. And that's how I ended up running a sub three hour marathon. You know, I had a year, year and a half of just slowly building out my system really easily with a nice gradual momentum. And then I did a six-week marathon training with uh, 
with the local running shop in Vancouver. And that, on top of what I already built up, put me over the edge to run two hours and 58 minutes. And that was great. And it felt like everything came together. And um, and then after that, everything came apart. <laughs> so I didn't do it in a holistic, conscious heart-centered way uh there was no mindfulness at all and so now it's time to redo that and it's challenging because i know where i've been so i want if i'm gonna go for you know regular runs for two weeks i want to be back to where i was at that point but in reality you know this practice this practice is also incredibly beneficial and useful for building patience um you got to be patient with yourself because it's not going to take a week it's not going to take two weeks it's going to take you know, from what I understand, a minimum of three months of just building volume at this low heart rate threshold, and maybe even six months at this point. So I'm just going to feel it out. I'm definitely going to be reaching out to coaches. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to go all in with one or two coaches, but I'm going to be, you know, tapping into wisdom and guidance from the best people that I can and hopefully going to be partnering with some brands on it as well that will, you know, support that with their networks of specialists, uh, of doctors, swimmers, um, runners, cyclists. Um, and so it's going to be super interesting and I'm going to want to, when I get closer to sort of this bigger announcement, really invite anyone who wants to come on this journey as well. You know, there's a good chance that next fall people aren't doing in-person races still. So maybe it's something that we do virtually around the world with anyone who wants to, but I'm going to be sharing as much as possible of this plan. So people are going to be very welcome to be a part of it and um, potentially creating a, some, a group or a club uh, through Strava or somewhere else where we can come together and share the benefits. And, you know, I really want to build community around it as well and, and have some adventure and adversity that, that not only myself can sort of overcome and, and and grow from but i can do it with people as well because that's always so much more enjoyable and, and rewarding and exciting to see and um and bonding you know and that's that connection is what you know life is all about um and it's something that we are scarce of at the moment so trying to interject a little bit more of that back into things something i definitely want to make happen is doing a couple of triathlon mini camps um next year throughout this process where we would hopefully get together for one or two nights in a place where we can swim cycle and run and bring together some coaches and some mindfulness teachers and really create sort of a holistic little weekend mini camp of learning about different ideas and how we can bring this together so i feel super excited about that and can't wait to bring it to life i don't know how i'm going to do that exactly yet but uh i'm putting that goal out there and putting this mission out there, I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other with engaged indifference and see what sort of comes to be from that. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about uh, things at the moment. I'm actually currently in, in Sedona, Arizona. I've never been here, but it's really beautiful. And I'm actually here at the BioCybernaut Institute. And I've been here for... Um, I've done five days of their Alpha One training so far, and I've got two days left to go. And it has been, uh, I don't know what I expected, <laughs> so it's certainly not what I didn't expect, but it's not what I expected either. 
Um, but yeah, it's been invaluable. It's been incredible. Um, when I got signed up for it and, and, and planned my trip out here, um, it was all founded and done by Dr. James Hart, who's been working in sort of neuroscience for 40 years now. Um, and, you know, I've heard about him a little bit, but he's a little bit under the radar as well in terms of, you know, all the popular podcasts and that sort of stuff. But he has had people like Michael Jackson and Tony Robbins and Vishen Lakani and Dave Asprey and I don't even know how many other people, like just top, top performers and army, military, CEOs, sports, um, science, just unbelievable. And um, luckily, we didn't know that Dr. Hart was going to be doing our training because if you book him specifically, it's crazy expensive um but he just happened to be here timing wise so we've had dr hart during our training and i you know there's not that many people that just blow my mind with nearly every sentence that they put into the world but he is one of them um he might be one of the smartest people in the world i think and i just feel so lucky and i feel like i've learned so much from him just from hearing him talk and the research he shares and the stories from his trainings over the years and, and everything. But, you know, on top of that, I'm, I'm having my own experience and I'm in a group with three other people. So it's like an intense 12 to 14 hour day, every day of learning, um, of group therapy, of individual therapy, of this deep inner journey inside these chambers while getting feedback um mainly on the alpha waves with different feedback points of the brain um and then integrating that and talking about it and i'm actually exhausted right now um after five days of this last night we were up till three in the morning finishing our training and i'm about to head back in right now for day five or no day six with two days to go and it's not getting any easier but it's getting more um deeper i guess more insights um so i'm excited to i'll probably do a a podcast on that specifically um probably a solo podcast because it's just such an in, a rich in-depth experience that it has so many benefits and and many that you can take away and learn um without going to the training but also specifically about the training and then I'm going to um, have a podcast with Dr. Hart in the next couple of months as well. And uh, I'm super excited to do that. We almost did it before the training, and I'm so glad we didn't because I just have so much more awareness and insight into his process and his mind. And honestly, one of the things that blows me away is the potential of the human brain and our brain waves, especially combined with our emotions and feeling body, is so far beyond what I actually thought could be possible it's sort of paradigm shifting frame of context shifting um hard to integrate in some ways uh but there's no denying it at this point so i'm just trying to accept a whole new reality (laughs) which is a interesting process in terms of my you know universal worldly view on top of all of the deep personal insights that have bubbled up from the unconscious that I am working through, spending a lot of time with little Ryan. Um, and so much of the process is, 
is this forgiveness process that you do. Um, it's really beautiful. And so I'll be super excited to share that later. Yeah, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this small end of the year, episode 40 solo episode. Um, I uh, really enjoy doing these podcasts. I really enjoy connecting with people. And for everyone who has sent me a message on Instagram or an email or in any way reached out to let me know, you know, how much they appreciate the podcast. Thank you so much. Cause uh, it's hard for me to sort of accept compliments. You know, I can brush them away, but I'm really trying to open my heart to that. And it makes a really huge difference because it just gives me so much fire to keep going, keep doing more, you know, this into the well has been, you know, out of my own pocket and I'm just pouring my money, my heart and my energy into it. But it makes it feel very worthwhile when anyone expresses their own gratitude and, or even just tells me that they listen to it. Honestly, <laughs> it doesn't need to change your life, but if you listen to an episode, like, thank you for that. Thank you. Um, if you share it, thank you so much. Um, you know, I rarely ever ask for anything as well. And I don't know if I'm going to put this out there too much, but through anchor, you can go to the anchor FM into the well website, which I'll include in the show notes. But um, you can make a donation to the podcast. You know, I don't really make any money from from what I'm doing with Into the Well yet. I am planning on trying to develop that. But uh, any support on that side would be hugely appreciated as well. But honestly, just listening to the episode, thank you for that. Sharing the episode, thank you for that. If you want to reach out to me and, you know, share what episode that you like the best or anything that resonated with you, amazing. Um, also I am, I'm currently coaching a, uh, a handful of, of clients and I, I really love that process as well. And, um, you know, most of them have come from people who have been listening to the podcast and reached out to me. And, um, if anyone's thinking, you know, maybe you need some help, maybe you need some guidance, maybe you need, you know, anything, just some support or accountability, you know, please feel free to reach out to me as well. I, I'm open to taking on a couple more um, in January. So, you know, it's a process that I really enjoy and is very inspiring and rich. And, you know, the, the, the people I've been working with, their lives have changed. And, you know, I'm not taking the credit for that. They're doing the work. They're making the choices. They're, they're the ones changing their lives. And I'm just there to sort of help and guide and be there for feedback and, you know, the support that hopefully they need and, and hopefully I'm giving that to them. I'm giving it to them in the best way that I can. But but seeing that that growth and evolution in often a fairly short period of time is is so rewarding. So if anyone felt like they wanted to be a part of that process, then don't hesitate to reach out and, and don't feel pressured. If you reach out, we can talk about it and what's possible. And maybe it works out now. Maybe it works out in the future. Who knows? Maybe there's somebody else that I know that would be better suited for you. Um, either way, we all need help. And the better we are at asking for help, the better off we're going to be. The more connected we're going to be, the more in our hearts we're going to be, and the more sort of fulfilled and at peace and in oneness with all. Something that's come to me a few times is um, you can't separate what is one. We are all one. We're all one with the earth, with the universe, with the plants, with the animals. Um, 
And you, you can't separate these things. So the more that we can come together and the more that we can be vulnerable together, be in our hearts together, the better off everyone is going to be, um, the healthier everyone is going to be, the healthier the, the earth is going to be, and the more respect and compassion and empathy we're going to bring to everyone and everything in it. And at the end of the day, that would be pretty wonderful. So thank you for listening to to the podcast for looking at the website following on instagram super excited about next year but thank you so much for everything in this interesting rich diverse challenging and beautiful year of 2020 talk to you soon i hope you enjoyed this episode whether you listen to it on spotify apple or through our website it would be great to hear your feedback and thoughts. If you're able to leave a review, it'll really help us share the message and share the podcast with more people. Thank you.